This is the World Industrial News for Monday, May 23rd, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part nine of their podcast, Addressing Climate Change with the Internet of Things and AI. Okay, um, I wanted to move on for a second. At, at OSI Soft, we believe people with data can transform their world. What is needed to do this? How does providing people with data allow them to address global warming? Well, the main thing about having the data is that it tells you what actions to take on. Now, some of those actions will be, in fact, uh, executed by people. Other actions will be executed automatically. But without good, solid reliable data, you can't do that. So you have to go back to the philosophy of I'm going to build my whatever power generation grid, et cetera, so I can be standalone and I don't care if anybody else is running or not, because you actually have to care because mm-hmm. of this communication between all the entities. And so where where the people are empowered is that if you know what actions to take, then you can you can take actions on them. If you can see ways of predicting when you have to take action, you can actually implement those actions automatically. In an autonomous vehicle, if you're going to hit something, you stop. And what the AI will bring to that will bring a more heuristic design where you can more closely mimic the actual people doing it, but far more rapidly and able to handle the kind of data volumes they got they have to deal with. Okay, great. Empowering the people with data. Excellent. Um, so the one final concept that I wanted to talk with you about, um, the U.S. Department of Energy, through their Office of Electricity, they came out with the North American Energy Resilience Model, or NARMS, um, I think it was back in July of, of last year, 2019. If the U.S. government had a situational awareness center of all of the energy in the nation, including electrical, oil, gas, water. What would that look like? And how would the data in our customer systems help? Most, it looks almost like what we would call a center of reliability combined with a remote operating center, combined with an operating center, and et cetera. It's basically a center that brings together all this information to where you can supply it to different people slash apps slash whatever. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. As the world continues to emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic, only to meet with skyrocketing commodity prices and a violent conflict rocking Europe, the chemical processing industry is facing steep demand from across the industrial spectrum, both from mainstay products like ethylene and emerging technologies like carbon-free commodity production. Trey Hamlet, Industrial Info's Vice President of Research for the Chemical Processing Industry, offered a detailed overview of the industry's hopes and hurdles at Industrial Info's U.S. and Canada Industrial Market Outlook event on Wednesday. 
In the U.S. these days, it's everywhere. Reduced carbon emissions goals, that is. Major power providers such as Duke Energy, NextEra, and Xcel Energy have net zero carbon goals in place and have specific schedules in mind which involve the retirement of coal-fired power plants. Industrial Info expects about 70 gigawatts of coal-fired plant unit retirements in North America from now through 2030. While the retirement of plants is viewed positively throughout most of the Western world, is it the best idea to simply let these assets be disconnected from the grid when they are equipped with the basic infrastructure, albeit often aging, to deliver power to millions of users throughout the U.S.? As an increasing number of refineries switch to, or at least include, processing biofuels such as green spectrum diesel, the demand for feedstock crops is expected to outstrip cropland availability as soon as 2030, if not before. An alternative to a potential feedstock shortage that is starting to gain traction is to plant inedible oil-rich off-season crops, such as carinata, camelina, Jatropha and others to make double use of existing cropland. And recently, one of the world's largest cement players, Holseam, made an agreement to sell its Indian assets to India's Adani Group, raising the question, why is Holseam exiting India's lucrative construction sector? The answer, carbon emissions reduction goals. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.